when you are your highest self, you learn things that can help other people be their highest selves. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I'm so excited to sit down with today's guest because he's quickly become a very good friend and somebody who I respect in a way that I can't even describe. So get excited because I'm about to interview Rory Vaden. Now, a lot of you already know who Rory Vaden is because you see him all over all of the media out there. He's kind of the hottest thing in helping people become successful personal brands these days. Now, he's the New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. He's the leading authority on reputation design. And hands down, in my humble opinion, Rory and his firm, Brand Builders Group, is the single best resource out there right now when it comes to taking you and your message and creating a personal brand out of you, getting recognition and monetizing you in a way like I've never seen anybody else or any other firm do it. And so it's no surprise that he's helped work with and, and create the likes of A. Lewis Howes and Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Shark Tank just to, to name a few. Now, of course, he's been in Wall Street Journal and Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and CNN and Fox. Like That's just the base of where you've seen Rory. But where you've probably come across him is you've probably seen his famous TED Talk on how to create more time. It's literally viral with over 3 million views and counting. So today, I'm going to pick his brain on what the reputation formula is and how you can have a reputation that will far exceed any dreams of yours so that you can attract the right clients. I'm going to talk about how to stand out in a time when everybody else is trying to be a brand, what really makes you stand out. We're going to talk about something called Sheehan's Wall, which is going to really teach you on where you need to concentrate in your business in order to become an expert, along with many, many more awesome things. So listen, pay attention, take some notes, get ready, because the number of great nuggets that Rory is about to share in this episode, this episode alone could change your life and change your business forever. So here we go. Rory Vaden, my friend. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Brother, it's good to be here. Uh, it's good to see your face and hear your voice. I wish we could do it more. Yeah, me too. I, I miss you guys. I, I was telling you offline, I haven't seen you since we had lunch in Nashville, but I have a lot of good reasons to come to Nashville. You are one of my absolute top reasons. Yeah, man. And who um, knows? Come maybe, on. Remember, you had me do that really incredible 10-year visualization <laughs> where I had to write all the, out, out all the details. And we had that crazy coincidence where... You know, did, you tell, did you tell everybody about this? I did have you not tell your told listeners what happened? That. We might have to get into that later in the show because okay. it, was, it was the craziest coincidence. Maybe we'll let them sit on the edge of their seat right now and wonder what that crazy coincidence was. Yeah. If you stay to the very end, we'll tell you the story that we're talking about right now. All right. That's um, fair. Actually, I think we should do that. I think we should do that. Listen, um, I kicked the show off with rapid fire. It's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And if there's something really good that you know pops up and we want to circle back around on, we will. You down? 
Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Start so easy. Where'd you grow up? Colorado. Technically, I was born in a trailer park in Boulder, Colorado. I went to high school in a small town called Frederick, Colorado. And then I went to the University of Denver. And where do you live now? I think I spoiled that one already. Nashville. I'm a Nashvillian, y'all. Now, do you listen to country music? Is that a prerequisite for living there? You know, it's not like Nashville's not as much country music these days. I mean, it is, but it's uh, but I do listen to country music. Yeah, I do. I love it. I love, I love, I love all like genres, but I, I like a country. I love for it. Sure. What's your favorite quote or one of them? Mm, I think one of my favorite quotes, the one that just popped into my head, uh, is a John Maxwell quote. And it, it was something that he actually shared with me. Um, I shared the stage with him. And at an event, it was just me and him for this charity thing that we did. And backstage, I asked him, Hey, John, you know, like, what's the next chapter for you? Or what does success look like for you? And he said, he said, you know, Rory, what I have realized is that success is where the people who know you the best respect you the most. Mm. And I was like, whoa. Um, yeah, so that was a nugget. And I'd never heard him say that. Like I'd never heard that in any of his books or in, and and um that was just a really interesting perspective to hear directly from here. The people who know you the best respect you the most. That hits home. That's incredible. I mean, we're in rapid fire, so I won't analyze it, but boy, could we go down the rabbit hole on that one? Maybe we'll circle back around. What's one of your superpowers? I think I mean our current superpower is helping people find their uniqueness and position them and separate them from the crowd and the noise of all the other you know voices out there in the world like that's our complete soul dedicated focus and we're really really good at it i love it we're definitely circling back around on that one what is one of your favorite books outside of your own oh man i mean there's so so many um i mean clearly like if i say which books have most impacted my life i'd have the bible I'd have uh, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Four Hour Work Week. Um, yeah, I'd say those are those are some of the like, you know, it's like gotta, an iconic list. I mean, that is like the list. Yeah, that's just classic. Yeah, nothing. No, no, you know, that'd be an interesting question. Is like, what's an amazing book you've read that nobody's ever heard about? Yeah, um, that'd be a tough one. I think we'd be sitting here but, with a lot of stumped members. Yeah, I have to think about it. Yeah. What's one thing it. you're really challenged by right now, Rory? Oh, man. I am challenged by the fact that... So my wife and I are building... This is our second company. So we exited a company about 18 months ago. We'd spent 12 years building that. Worked nonstop, like hustle, hustle, grind, grind, grind. Exited the company. And now our new company is growing so fast. And we have set the the non-movable boundary that we do not work after 5.30 uh, on weeknights and do not work on weekends. And it's really hard to, to live inside that forced constraint of like, we don't need to work more. We're not going to do it. And it's, it's a real challenge. Yeah, we struggle with that too. We're definitely going to circle back around on that one. Couple more here. Uh, what is something generous you've done recently? Oh, man. I, I, I think... In, in the spirit of true generosity, I think probably the th thing... Like to me, giving money is... Um, I mean, I know we'll talk a lot about generosity. I, we love giving money. We believe in giving money and all, and all of that. But you know, I, I realized that what I... 
AJ and I realized we don't need more money. What we need is more time. And truly, the gift of time is just like so valuable and difficult. And so I think one of the things that we do is just we spend a lot of extra time just kind of with like friends. And it typically happens around their book launches. That's when everyone calls me and is like, Hey, you know, like we're doing a book launch. Like, what do you know about how things are working? And what, you know, and just, and I just love, I love doing that. And I, I think that's probably. I do that a lot. Hey, listen, the, given your time and given your knowledge is way more valuable than writing somebody a check in many, many cases, right? Especially when the knowledge is packaged in somebody like yourself who's done so much. So I love that answer. Last but not least, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for my wife, my family, kids. Um, I would say that um, I was to this morning, I was really thinking about how grateful I am for our team. Yeah. You know, so there's like the things I'm grateful for every day, right? Like I wake up and I, you know, the first thing in my mind, like when the alarm goes off, is what am I thankful for? That's the very first thing that I start every single day. But, you know, like today specifically, um, you know, I saw something from one of our coaching clients who was writing a letter, like writing an email of just how much she loves her strategist. And I was like, I'm so grateful to have a team of people who are really, really quality that people actually enjoy interfacing with. Um, That I think is just, I think I take that for granted. You know, man, Lori and I talk about it all the time. Like we would be nowhere without our team. So I totally get that. Okay. So let's go a little deeper into the interview now that you have so much gold that I feel like I want to mine out of you that you know, I just want to make sure we touch on a lot of topics here. And the first one is one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard you tell is how mm-hmm. you always wanted a Bentley. Like growing up, <laughs> you thought if you could only have a Bentley, this would be the pinnacle of success. And you got it. Mm. And then it has a fun twist at the end. Would you mind sharing that story again? Yeah, it's funny. Success for me as a kid, I mentioned, you know, growing up in a trailer park, I was raised by a single mom most of my young life. And um, success was, I wanted box cereal. We could never have box cereals. We all had the freaking bag and it was always stale. I never got Air Jordans. I always wanted Air Jordans uh, and I had Air Jordash instead. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, like the pinnacle was the Bentley. And then... Um, you know, we saved, saved, saved money. Like we were really frugal. And I went from a 2001 Chrysler Sebring, which I drove for 15 years and saved until I paid cash for a Bentley. I just want to paint that picture quick. You pulled into the Bentley lot in this (laughs) old beat up Sebring. And I remember Sebrings. I remember them well. And the old ones, they looked old. So you roll up (laughs) in this Bentley lot in this old beat up Sebring. How many miles did it have on it? Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't like a hundred and sixty thousand, maybe. And something. you strutted in there and said, "Hi, I'm here. I would like to pay cash for a Bentley." That's that. I, yeah, I told him I was like, "I'm, I'm going to get a Bentley." <laughs> and this was not like a nice Sebring. It was like the power wi- wheels didn't work, the windshield wipers didn't work, like this, the sound machine was like, like the you know the stereo was all messed up. And, um, but yeah, that was you know I was going to go from a Sebring to a Bentley. And it's a, it's a funny thing that... Um, so what happened, Chris, this is funny. No one's ever asked me about this on, on the air. In fact, I don't think I've ever mentioned that I ever got a Bentley on air. But um, we got the Bentley. And then last... So, so about a year ago, 
uh, in December, two days before Christmas, someone broke into our house. Um, so they shattered the window, came in, you know, we were gone and they stole all of my wife's jewelry. M- most, m- most meaningfully, um, AJ, who's my, also my business partner, she's the CEO of Brand Builders Group. Um, her mom died when she was 15 years old and her, the, like the only thing she had of her mom was jewelry and they stole all of this jewelry. Um, and it was just, just gut wrenching and you just, you know, you kind of feel violated and scared and all that sort of stuff. And when that happened, it was just like, there's been a few moments in my life, just a handful where God has like immediately spoken in and he's taken a desire of my heart and he's just like plucked it out of my life. Um, that happened once with alcohol. It happened once with uh, sex. Happened, um, And then it happened on that day where I was like, I don't want anything that attracts more attention to my family. Mm-hmm. And I just... I immediately was like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't like, I don't, I don't want to drive it. I don't. Um, and so, you know, I went and traded it in and I mean, we have a Jaguar now. It's not like a, it's not like a beater car. We didn't go back to a Sebring. <laughs> I want um, my old Sebring back. <laughs> but, but it, but it was just, it was just interesting. And I, I think, I don't know. It, it wasn't like, oh, uh, I think you know. For me, it was just like I just don't. I don't want to draw attention to my family. We were also pregnant with our second child, and so that was this. I mean, there was a functional aspect of that as well, which is like we have another kid coming. I need to be able to take one in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, Bentley's not really well suited for it, and I'm not the guy that has 15 cars. Yeah. Um, you know, my Bentley was like that was my car that I drove. Um, so that was part of it, but it just kind of plucked it from my heart. And I think I, I, I. I you know, everyone that has that dream to achieve some material possession, a house or um, uh, a car, we also did the same, you know, we, we have our dream house. Uh, we, we still live in that, but, um, or a certain amount of money. Like I, it's like, I would love if everyone got there because then once you get there, you realize that you, you it really puts things in its appropriate value. It's, it's not, it's not that it's insignificant. Like it's great to have nice things, but it's also not extraordinarily significant. It has nothing to do with worth or confidence, and it doesn't, you know, motivate most people very far. Um, and so it's like once you get past that point, then this also happened with achievement for me. Once I became a New York Times bestselling author, was a really big moment for me because. Up until that point in my life, I would say that I was fairly self-centered, if not aggressively self-centered. Not selfish, uh, not taking advantage of people, just self-centered. My world revolved around me. And there was something about achieving that stat- status where I finally let go and was like, okay, like I'm good enough. I am here. Now I can spend the rest of my life helping other people. Mm-hmm. Like truly truly helping other people and like losing the pretentiousness and the in, and the deep insecurity and you shouldn't have to become a new york times bestselling author to do that you shouldn't have to get a bentley to do that so i'm i'm embarrassed to say those things like i i wish i would have had more emotional maturity to just get myself to that place but the the fact is i wasn't and so in many ways i'm grateful i'm very grateful for those material accomplishments because they both 
for whatever reason, they both enabled my heart to kind of break free of those things and really focus more on generosity, which is, I think, what it's all about. You almost answered my follow-up question. That is, if it's not Bentley's, if it's not the New York Times selling title, you know, what does define success for you now then? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. You know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Mm-hmm. And it's like your basic needs and fundamental and all that stuff. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um, and I've started really processing this. And I'm going to, you know, I might make some people mad here because that's pretty like staple framework in the world. I think Maslow, his hierarchy is one short. You know, at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is self-actualization. I think he missed the top one. I think the top one is others' actualization. Mm. I, 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 you know, so many of our clients are very high profile um, now. And, and a lot, most of our clients are not. Most of them are, 95% of our clients are, intermediate or beginner, like they're just kind of starting, you know, they, they, they might be a successful person, like, you know, they sold a company and now they want to write a book or build a speaking career, something like that. But they're kind of new to the personal branding space. Um, and then we have the handful of celebrities that we work closely with, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Lewis Howes, the Kevin Harringtons, the Cezanne uh, Hendricks, um, you know, Julie Solomon, these, these other people who are more well known. And, um, uh, I- I- anyways, there comes a point where I think that truly the most genuine satisfaction that you get in your life is from seeing somebody else achieve something that they really wanted mm-hmm. and to know you had a small part in that. This certainly happens with kids, but I think even beyond kids, like in the business world, there is nothing like the feeling you get when you see someone else succeed and you know you played a part in it. Not that you take credit for it, but you know. I played a significant role in what happened there. Mm-hmm. That is truly fulfilling um, in a really meaningful way. Boy, and that's real impact, right? Like they always say the impact of a teacher can never be measured because they're teaching a student and the student may go on to help a person and that person they help may go on to do, right? So it's an infinite impact. And, and that's really what you're defining your success on right now as well, that creating that ripple effect of, of impact. Well. Yeah, and, and everybody's success. I think it's. I think it is. Here's the thing: if you if you pursue self actualization, mm-hmm. most of the people who keep pursuing it, if that's the path you stay on, it tends to lead to really destructive things, right? Like you're you're searching for the next high, the next achievement, you know, like the next sexual partner, the next, um, you know, whatever, like the next level of money, and so it it it's like this road you chase that there's just there's the, the finish line, the goal line just keeps getting pushed. But, but when you realize like, man, help your neighbor, like help the person down the street and watch if you don't get a greater sense of purpose. Like I think people are always like, I want to find my purpose, find my purpose. It's a very self-centered view. Whereas like, if you help other people, you will, your life will be filled with purpose. Like you will be flooded with like significance and contribution and, and meaning and satisfaction and deep joy. And um, it's interesting because when we exited our last company, um, one, of, one of the things that has happened here recently is I've had to start my personal social media profiles over yeah. from zero. And that was a real big identity like, whoa. Um, where's my value? What if they go? Where's keep this many followers? 
Yeah, like, and and what happens when you know when people look me up and they're like, "Well, this guy only has you know whatever followers," and it's like, "Well, you know, I started over," and and it's it's weird how it's like you immediately want to like go into that like tell the story, validate yourself. Like, here's let me tell you what happened. Um, but the but the the thing was is after time, I actually for a while I didn't miss social media because I was just like off of it. And I was like, man, this is really wonderful to not be like, oh, I got to post, I got to post. Um, and then I started to miss it because I realized that for me, social media isn't just like a, a vehicle for like building, you know, like a business. It's actually a vehicle for creating contribution in the world. And that at least it, there, is an, there is an external expression of things that I believe in, uh, things that I have learned, you know, things I would like to share that people can learn from. And, and absent that, you know, other than a book, it's like it all lives in my head and I never feel like I'm sharing. And that really started to, to bother me. It felt like everything was like bottled up and, and I was missing the, con- the contribution. And social media gets such a bad rap for you know, a lot of you know, negative things that do come with it. But it's like, it's also an extremely, extraordinarily valuable way. I mean, just think about this podcast and how many people you've helped and who they'll help because you take the time to make this available. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's one of the easiest platforms when used correctly and for the right reasons that you can create impact, right? So that's the good reason to have it. But you're right, there's so many challenges in having it as well. When I asked you about challenges earlier, um, you said one of the biggest challenges is not letting your your non-negotiable um, barriers or, or let's call them boundaries, your 5.30 stop mm-hmm. time, not violating that so that you and your wife, AJ, are done and can spend time with the kids uh, at 5.30 every single night. One of the things that you taught me that I loved was this formula, this idea of how to multiply time. So I assume you mm-hmm. must be, number one, using that formula in order to stick to that 5.30 boundary. Number two, would you ever share it with us? Because I feel like it's something people need to know. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you can, you know, watch my TED Talk. It's called How to Multiply Time. You know, it's like, uh, it's it's got a few million views of just me teaching like the 15-minute version, which is also, that is my second book, which is called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. So it's like the formula is out there. But, um, you know, if I had to boil it all down for one sentence, right? Because people hear that multiply time and they go, well, that's that's impossible. Like that's total marketing hyperbole, like a total exaggeration. It's totally like superfluous. Like, and 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 that's not what it is. I literally mean we have identified a way that you can create more time. Yeah, it's amazing and, and, too. And that boggles people's minds there because it's like you're all you're always told the one thing you can't get more of is time. It's wrong. It's a lie. You you absolutely can. So so here's the thing. Um, I'll give you a little context and then I'll just lay it out for you. It is true that there's nothing we can do inside of one day to create more time. So we all have the same 24 hours, which is 1,440 minutes or uh, yeah, 1,440 and 86,400 seconds. Nothing I can do can give me more time today. But that's exactly the problem is that most of us think about time through the lens of a one-day window. We wake up and we say, what's the most important thing I have to do today? Multipliers don't think that way. Multipliers ask themselves, how can I use my time in a way today 
that, that makes tomorrow better or easier or different. And so we call that the significance calculation, which is instead of evaluating things through the lens of what matters right here and right now, it's actually going, what is going to create the most impact long term? And so in one sentence, you know, that entire book boiled down to one sentence is the way you multiply time is by spending time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. So you spend time on things today. There's, there are certain things that I can do today. There's five that we lay out in the book. These are, we call them the five permissions to multiply time. There are, there's, there's these five buckets of types of activities that if I do them today, they will create more time tomorrow. Um, a really quick, like ubiquitous example for everybody is setting up online bill pay, mm-hmm. right? Most of us don't have an extra two hours open in our day to day. And if we did, the last thing we'd probably use that two hours to do is be to set up online bill pay. Mm-hmm. And we go, well, that's dumb. What a, what a trivial use of time. But multipliers would look at that totally differently. They go, well, wait a minute. If I spend two hours today setting up all my online bill pay and it saves me 30 minutes a month of paying my bills, then after just four months time, I will have broken even on that investment of time. And every month thereafter, I will be multiplying time. It will be creating time for me that was not, that was not once available and that would not be available had I not done that activity. Um, that is one tiny example of automate. So automate is one of the five permissions. And um, you know that's why I talk about in Procrastinate on Purpose that automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. Oh, that's so good. That's so Autom- good. Automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. So just like compounding interest takes money and it turns it into more money, Automation takes time, it turns it into more time. So this, this presents as a literal expression of Brand Builders Group. Um, so Brand Builders Group is, you know, first and foremost, we are a personal brand strategy firm. Mm-hmm. We help people set the strategy of their brand. What a lot of people don't know is that we are, a, we are an agency on the back end but the only people we do agency work for are our monthly members so we don't present as an agency but you know we build funnels we build campaigns you know write email copy like all the different websites video editing etc and and our favorite thing to do is build marketing automation basically build all the the funnels because that's a great example like no one has extra time or money to build a funnel but once it's built once then you get to use it for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, and so you have this, this it's, it's almost like, you know, I come from the world of sales. I know you do too. You know, like if you were a small business owner and you're like, okay, I'm going to go hire salespeople to grow my business. Well, like building a funnel is almost like the equivalent of building the perfect salesperson, the salesperson that never calls in sick never changes their method, is 100% accurate, works 24 hours a day, seven days a week to anyone in the world. And it's automating. So so automation is to your time what compounding uh, interest is to your money. Not to interrupt you, I literally was just on a coaching call with somebody before I, I jumped on and, and started chatting with you. And he was doing exactly what you're talking about in terms of he was the one going out and sourcing his clients by sliding into DMs and you know hitting people up on LinkedIn and the whole nine yards. 
instead of taking the time to build the funnel. And so he had no automation. Now, ironically, he had darn near a million dollar business, but he had maxed out his time, his effort and energy and needed to know, how do I scale? Because I've got nothing left. And it's the answer is what you're saying. It's automation. It is. Yeah. You know, it's a classic example of what got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader. So, So it's great to be a high performer who goes and maxes out and does that. And if you're a, you know, if you're a business owner and you're creating like an outbound sales team. This is what our, our former company was sales coaching and sales consulting. And so all we, before we did personal brand strategy for like influencers and entrepreneurs, all we did was coach salespeople how to make more sales calls, get more referrals, answer objections. Um, and we're not in that space, at least uh, not right now, not for a, a little while longer. But, but um, y- you know, a salesperson can only sell so much. But a, a digital ecosystem can can sell an infinite amount, like whatever can come through, and and so it's just it's a great example of multiplying, and and that that is true about all leadership in general, which is that the next level of results always requires the next level of thinking. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things I love about like your mastermind. In like with masterminds, people go, oh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Do you really learn anything in a mastermind? Well, what you learn is the mindset, a, a new, like literally a new paradigm. It's not that somebody shows you some tactical skill. That's insignificant. It's fairly insignificant. It is the mindset of going, whoa, like instead of incremental growth, I can create exponential growth by shifting the way that I think about something. Um, and, and that is, I think, you know, just being in the room, of course, like you and I met at Lewis House Mastermind. Um, and, you know, when I was there speaking, it blew me away that you were in the room. Like, I was like, why are you in, like, you know, people should, are in, people pay to be in your room. Like, I'd pay to be in your room. And then I was like, oh, well, that's such a great example that you're, you're there elevating your thinking and the other people are elevating your thinking. And it's like, it's never, it's never the people who suck that are in those rooms. No. It's always the awesome people. It's yep. always the it's always the high achievers. Like it's not the people who need it most that are at the conferences. It's the hungry constant go-getters. Um you know, like so many of our clients now are people who like you know, we have multiple clients who've sold their companies for nine figures, like over a 100 million dollars and you know, they're looking to us for strategy and I I feel like this weird you know, like we've never built a nine-figure business. We had an eight-figure business, but I'm like, I feel weird giving it. And it, and it's just like that's because what makes them great is they're constantly trying to expand their thinking. Their it's it's the their hunger to learn, their desire to grow, which is why they are the person with the nine-figure business. Yeah, exactly. I want to make sure that we at least give the other four pieces of you know procrastinating on purpose. If the first one's automation, what are the other four? Oh, okay. So this is called the focus funnel. Okay. Um, and and yeah, I mean, if we need to, we might need to like I could we could do a whole separate like another <laughs> we'll interview on this. One, yeah, do a follow up. Yeah, but um, so it's eliminate is actually the first one, okay. which is the permission the permission to ignore. If you can't eliminate, then it drops down to the middle of the funnel, which is automate. If you can't automate it, it drops down to the bottom of the funnel, which is delegate. 
And then if it can't be eliminated, automated, or delegated, it falls out. This is like a task Mm -hmm. going down a funnel. The task falls out the bottom of the funnel. And then there's one remaining question, which is, must this be done now, which is concentrate? Mm -hmm. Or can this task wait until later, which is procrastinate on purpose, which is where the title of the book comes from procrastinate on purpose. Everybody seriously needs to grab this book. And I'm not like promoting your book. I'm saying this piece of knowledge, like when I actually, when you taught it to me and when I grasped it, changed everything. And it literally does multiply time. So everyone has to go get the book, uh, Procrastinate on Purpose. It's, it's a no-brainer. Now, you mentioned that you guys are the founders of Brand Builders Group. And here's what I really want to talk about. The bulk majority of people listening, they are a personal brand in one form or another, or they are the beginning of a personal brand, uh, or they're trying to become a bigger personal brand. My obvious question for you, because you're the expert that stamped out and and worked with some of the greatest, like you said, Kevin Harrington, Lewis Howes, all of them. My question is, is it too saturated right now to become a personal brand or an expert in whatever field you want to be an expert in? No, absolutely not. Um, Tell me why. Because... Well, he, it is. There is a lot of noise. That is the the primary problem is that there is a lot of noise. And if you kind of pursue this traditional path of like I'm going to be the expert on blank, you know that could be really challenging. Like it's very very difficult. But what we believe and and the process that we created is something called um, the brand DNA helix. And the best piece of branding advice I've ever heard, unfortunately, I didn't say this. I wish I did. Like, I wish this is one of those quotes that I wish was a Roryism. But this, this came from a guy named Larry Wingett. And he said early in my career, I heard this. He said that the, the whole secret of, of branding is to find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. Now, the thing that's interesting is even though Larry said that, he never had a process for actually helping someone find their uniqueness. Mm-hmm. So when we you know, started this business, that's what we did was we set out to go like, how do you find someone's uniqueness? As unique as your fingerprint is, the, um, we believe that each person has a unique design and that... In, in a literal sense, we think of it almost as signals. Like you hear the term calling, right, mm-hmm. Chris? Like you, you yep. hear like, it's my, oh, calling. This is my, it's my calling. Well, we actually kind of think of that in almost like a literal sense that the calling that you hear, I mean, personally, like, we, we, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Jesus guy and a God, you know, like a big God guy, right? So I, I think of it as that, but I also think of it as the calling that I feel in my heart is a signal coming from someone else. Somebody else is out there right now begging, perhaps on their knees praying for the answer to questions that you know the answer to like the back of your hand. Wow, that's good. Okay, I got to ask a follow-up to what you just said. Let's use me, for example. Um, pretend I was in the beginning of my brand and I knew I wanted to talk about money, mindset, and business. And I'm like, ah, that's not unique. There's already people who have talked about money, mindset, and they've done it really, really well. How, how do I get deeper to find my uniqueness within that genre? Yeah. So um, that, this is interesting. Sally Hogshead describes it this way, which is really, uh, you know, we love her and we're close friends and, and she's helped me a lot, is that you do want to be able to fit inside of a box. Mm-hmm. People need to be able to put you in a box 
but then you want to be able to clearly differentiate yourself from everyone else inside that box. Oh, that sounds easy enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but like, you know, money is a box. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who talk about money. I've I've mentioned Dave Ramsey. I've mentioned T. Harbecker. Yeah. Like th- those are tons. There's tons and tons of people who talk about money. Well, a couple of things on this. So, so first of all, I believe that there are certain people who can only hear about money from you. In other words, you could literally say the exact same words as Dave Ramsey, but because Dave Ramsey is who he is, they cannot hear it. Yep. It's a it's a it's like a different frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or or if somebody else talks about money, if Susie Orman says something about money, just because she's female and her age and whatever her political viewpoints are, that as she sends a message out, it's it's coming out through this filter of everything that she is, her DNA, her uniqueness. So even if Chris and I say the exact same thing, it's still worth us both saying it because only certain people will be able to receive it from you and not from me and vice versa. I really believe that. That makes so much sense. Uh, number one, that makes so much sense. Number two, it's permission to go ahead and say the same thing as somebody else. And I don't mean copy them, but I mean permission to say, to not have the fear or the story built around, ah, people have already taught this, they've already talked about it. Because the people who would have only heard it from your way, your frequency, your method, they're going to be missing out if you don't step forward. Exactly. So, so, and I think, and I think, so right there, as you're saying, like, that's a, that is a huge part of it is just going, okay, so even if I said it the exact same way, certain people would hear it because I'm the aunt and you're the mom, right? Yep. Um, or I'm the teacher and you're the substitute. Yep. So we, we get that. Now, in addition to that, we're going to layer on top of that your uniqueness which is we're going to amplify that frequency based on the fact of your personal stories. When I talk about money, I talk about being broke, living in a trailer park, and born, raised by a single mom who sold Mary Kay, which means I know more about makeup than I do about cars. <laughs> and I came up in direct sales and I got a Bentley and my house was broken into. And then God took the desire to have a Bentley. And so we got rid of it. And there is a whole set of lessons if I were to just go out and talk about money that would be received differently through a different... it's um, One of the analogies we use a lot is with our clients is we say, look, um, we want to... There is color and then there is shade. Mm-hmm. So color is the category, but there's almost like an infinite number of shades. What we're trying to find is what is your unique shade? What is your, your unique way of saying it? That, that is different. It's layering your personal story on top. Even if it's the same information, we're laying your personal story on top. And then we're going to add another layer to the lens though, which is hopefully truly forwarding the thinking. Um, and uh, we actually did a training on this about um, like what thought leadership is, is it's advancing the thinking on what's been said. Mm-hmm. So... Because in our world, right, like we, you might go, oh, well, you know, Tony Robbins is the guru. But a generation ago, people would say, Tony Robbins learned everything he knew from Jim Rohn. Yep. He's saying the same things. And then before that, people would say, Jim Rohn is saying the same things that W. Clement Stone said. 
right? And people would say before that, it's like the same things that Napoleon Hill said. And it's the same things that Jesus said. Like you, you, you would go back. And what's happened though, is it's, it's the same principles, but you have unique personal stories, you know, sort of this like unique color. And then people are forwarding the thinking. Multiplying time is a good example of that, right? So, you know, and we quote Dr. Covey because in, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Dr. Covey introduced this thing called the time management matrix. And it was like, you know, prioritizing time. Um, but prioritizing, okay, there's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. Prioritizing is just reorg, re- it's reshuffling. It's more like borrowing time. It's taking item number seven and moving it up to number one. So when we talk about multiplying time, we're saying, how can we take what Dr. Covey did and and try to forward it, mm-hmm. try to advance the conversation? And if I'm if I am clear on you know my personal story and I'm trying to forward the conversation, then that is part of my uniqueness. The other thing is, you, you know, you 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 said if you know, pretend like you know I was going to like do personal brand strategy with you. For us, the genesis of all personal branding starts with the answer to one question, which most, and, it, and the answer can only be one word, and most people cannot answer this in one word, which is what problem do you solve? Oh. In, in one word, what problem do you solve? And so that is where we start. Um, we have a, our, our whole process is like nine phases, but phase one is called brand identification. It's identifying your uniqueness. That's what phase one is all about. These other, the later phases is where we start like, you know, building automation and funnels and all that stuff. But when you go phase one, day one, question one is what problem do you solve? In one word. In one word. That's the, that's what makes it tough. It's really freaking hard. And, 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 and I'll tell you this I think this is the single greatest difference between best selling books, like some of the best books and, and, and others is being able to like, an author will write an entire book and not be able to answer this question. In one sentence, what do you want people to do when they are done reading your book? Because there's like a thousand things, but they haven't done the work of focusing and streamlining and narrowing in like with laser-like authority to go like, this is the thing or laser-like clarity, I should say, um, to say... What I want you to do when you're done reading this book is go spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. That's it. The whole goal of the entire book is to do that. Now, there's a lot of nuance and you know expansion and illustration and frameworks to, to help you really grasp the concept, which is the whole book. But I'm giving you the essence of the book on the interview here, right? Spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. So that is that you know particular thing. So... Rory, That's the hard work. Rory, first of all, I'm going to go on record right now saying, uh, Lori and I talk about this all the time. Uh, you are, in my humble opinion, the absolute best in the business right now for building personal brands. And it's because of things like you were just talking about right now. If I was starting a brand from scratch or if I was going to rebrand or if I was going to um, say, hey, I don't like what I'm doing. I need to find something. You are the single person of everyone I know, of everybody I work with, you're the you and AJ are the people I would go to in your your company, and it's because of things like how to multiply time and the the one question find out your uniqueness that you are so good at. But one other thing that really caught me was and is related to what we're talking about right now. You taught me about Sheehan's wall, 
And it's this mm. concept that you got to take this uniqueness, this one thing that you were just telling us that we have to mine down to. And that's really what you're using to get through the wall, so to speak. Do you mind explaining this concept? Because I think this will save a lot of people from this scattered approach that they take. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, it's definitely me and AJ uh, and and our whole team, right? And and our clients. We just we've been refining. You know, I've been working. I've been at this since I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like I started speaking professionally when I was seventeen. So I've been doing this. I'm fairly young in age time, but I'm an old guy in stage time. This has been my whole life. Yeah. Um, and you know, so we have the that, world's second greatest speaker in history. Is that? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> right. Yeah, um, but um, so what? What Sheehan's wall is, so this is a concept that we've we've adapted actually from a, a gentleman named Peter Sheehan. And I heard him talking about this, um, that basically, you know, there's like this invisible wall and there's two groups of people. On one side of the wall is the unknown or just like the general public. On the other side of the wall is sort of like, you know, the rich, famous and influential, like the big brands, the people everybody knows, you know, you could say f- like fame or whatever, it's just... And it doesn't have to be famous like a celebrity. It could just be like well-known in your industry or, or whatever. And there's this, this wall. And what everyone's trying to break through the wall. And what happens is you hear all this advice about how to break through the wall. Like just turn on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed and you will see an ad for how to do Facebook ads. You'll see another, you'll see a, another ad for like how to grow your YouTube subscribers. You'll see another ad for like the 10 ways to grow your Instagram following. You'll see a, a, another ad for um, you know how to do funnels. You'll you'll see all of these different mechanisms, and and so what happens is people try different business models. Like, oh, you should have a coaching program. You should have a membership site. You should do a video course. You know, really, the whole thing is masterminds. Everyone's doing masterminds. No, today people want live events. No, you really should do consulting. But actually, getting paid keynote fees is like an incredible way to make money. And so they have all these business models. And then they have all these different marketing outlets, like you know, list all the social channels. And then they have all of these different um, roles they're playing. Right, you're the CEO and the copywriter and the ad guy and blah 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 blah. And so they're doing all of these different things and they're bouncing off the wall. Mm-hmm. And the way to break through the wall is to become known for one thing: to be the person on one thing. And every counterexample to this, people will say, well, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about everything. Yes, he does. But what did Gary Vaynerchuk talk about first? There was one thing. It was wine, right? He talked about one thing. Dave Ramsey talks about debt. Brene Brown talks about shame, right? Like these are people who have dominated a category on one thing. John Maxwell talks about leadership, right? Like they break through the wall on one thing. After you break through the wall, you can expand and talk about all sorts of things. Like once you're once you're Tony Robbins, yeah, people will buy your class on money and relationships and, you know, business and, you know, personal motivation and, you know, whatever else cuz you're Tony freaking Robbins. How do you know when you broke through the wall? So, great question. It's a really simple answer. When you're on the unknown side of the wall, everything is push. Constantly push, 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 hustle, 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 fight, 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 scrape, 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 battle, 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 battle. Most of our clients are on that side. 95% of our clients are on that side. 
you know that you're on the other side of the wall when things become pull. Everything is coming to you. And the, your problem shifts from, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to, like I'm trying to break through to, oh my gosh, I have so many opportunities. I could become an investor in this and I could do that and I could start a business here and I could be a partner over here and I could be on their board and I could, you know, I could do a TV show and I could make a music al- album and I could, uh, that's more of when you're on the other side. Um, and so, you know, there's still a case to be made for you need focus because mm-hmm. the reality is there's several walls to break through. It's basically like you've heard the term be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. It's just like a bigger and bigger pond. So you start out small, which is like your local whatever. And then you maybe move to like your industry or your region. And then, you know, like your whole space. And then, you know, mainstream would be like the rock. But like the rock is a good example. The rock does tequila and he does movies and you know he does all the stuff but he was a freaking wrestler mm-hmm. like he got known for wrestling he broke through the wall for with wrestling. wrestling yep um ellen broke through the wall as a comedian yep. like that was her craft for years and years and years and years and years and so you know one of the things that's cool is like you can almost break through the wall doing anything as long as it's one thing like when you become the world's greatest tennis player or the world's greatest race car driver or the world's greatest chef, you break through the wall. And then once you're on the other side of the wall, you can either you know stay narrow and really dominate or you can expand. So those are that's a different set of strategic questions on the other side of the wall. I could seriously talk to you about this stuff and I got to be conscious of your time, but for hours, like we have to do a follow-up show because I could talk to you about this for hours and hours and hours. One thing you don't know that I haven't told you yet is that mm. I'm going to be coming to you to hire you for a little bit of strategy, you know, help me work through some ideas that I have. So oh, surprise, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be coming Yay. to you for help here in a in a in a very short bit. Um, well, we not- just doubled our. F- One thing you don't know is we just doubled our fees. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Great, it's still worth it. It's still worth it. What? Not everyone has proximity to people like you, like I do, and so number one, I don't take that lightly. Uh, number two. For all the people listening, say, how do I get coaching like this? This is obviously the, the gold. This is obviously what I'm missing. Where can they go to get a free strategy call to get coaching like this? You and I have whipped yeah. a little something up. Yeah. So, so, he, so that's a very good question. If you go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash love of money. Love of money. Brandbuildersgroup.com slash love of money. What we will do is we have a little place there that they can go request a free strategy call with one of our strategists, right? So our strategists are people all day, every day who are helping us deploy, you know, helping us come up with, but especially helping us deploy these methodologies to hundreds of clients, you know, in the nitty gritty of applying them and, and watching data and watching all different types of personal brands. Now, we don't work with companies. We own brand builders group is exclusively personal brands. Now, if you're a CEO, we can work with you, like we can work with an executive, but we are about your personal face, your personal message, which you can use to grow your company. But we don't do your company logo, we don't do company vision statements and values and company marketing. We work with people. We are a personal brand strategy firm, but you can request a free call. Um, We'll talk to you. Like our our deal is 
Um, and, and on this first call, we'll walk you through, there's six questions in the brand DNA helix. Um, and there's nine phases to the whole brand builders group process. Typically, we'll introduce to you like the first six questions. We'll start working through like what problem do you solve is the first one, right? So that's the very first one. Give you the overview uh, and hopefully give you some clarity. And then just kind of like listen to your dream, hear what you're wanting to do. And then if we can help you and we can't, you know, we're set up to help all different skill levels, right? And and I should just say directly all different financial levels. Like if you don't have a lot of money, don't be, don't be freaked out by the fact that, you know, we work with these big name people. Most of the people we work with are like earlier in their journey. Yeah. Um, so, you know, request a free call. We'll talk to you. And then if we can support you, like in a direct way, we'll let you know. If not, we'll point you towards, you know, a bunch of free resources and all that stuff. But I would just go request a free call, brandbuildersgroup.com slash love of money. Well, number one, thank you for making that resource available. Um, I, I Again, I don't take it lightly that I have proximity to you to bounce ideas off and, and, and to hire directly for, for strategy and that kind of thing. The fact that you have put together a team in your image, so to speak, with your strategies, with your methods, that is willing to do that with other people and especially like to make that first pure strategy questionnaire to make that free, it means the world that you're you're paying it for that way. And it's it's what this show talks about, generosity. The fact that you're willing to do that for my listeners is it a, a demonstration of when good people make money, they do great things. Well, thank you. Um, you know, that's a lot of, I mean, that's our team, right? Like our team is doing these calls constantly because they they want to help, they want to help people you know, point them, at least point them in the right direction. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest problem is there's so much advice out there about... And, and personal branding is complex, right? There's like book launches and podcasts and social media. And then there's working with publicity. There's doing websites, writing copies, doing funnels, driving paid advertising, like doing keynote speaking. And all, there's all of these different things. And so because there's so few people that have done all of them... Mm-hmm. It's hard to find someone who can layer on top of that and go, hey, what's the overall strategy here? Not just let me sell you a hammer that's Facebook ads, because that's that that's what I, you know, that's the hammer I have. It's going like if we're gonna build a house, you can't just go with a hammer. You're gonna need a bigger, a, you know, you're gonna need a bigger blueprint than that. And I'll be honest, and, that's the problem with most coaches out there is they do re- one thing really, really well. And so they say, Hey, I can show you how to be a brand as well. But they can really only teach you that one thing and they try and hammer it home whether it's a fit or not. That's what I love about you guys is you've actually put together the diversity to be able to do what's right for the person who wants to be a brand, not the one thing that you know how to do. Yeah, yeah. That's what we we try to do. And that's why we limit ourselves to personal brands and not dealing with companies because it's just it's too much. Like our lane is if you are a person and you want to, you have a message in your heart, you have that calling, you want to get it out. You know, we're, it's worth a it's worth a, it's worth a conversation because we it. can we can help you. All right, so everybody, if you want this free strategy call, it's a gift to you. Definitely do it. Go to brandbuilders.com slash brandbuildersgroup.com. Ah, brandbuildersgroup.com slash love of money. We'll make sure we put a show notes. We'll put it on a social media. Hold on, yours because you're just so dang generous for doing that. I have a a closing question for you that I ask everybody. I'm so curious because of okay. the path that your life has taken. Um, what your answer is going to be to this. And it's this. Give me a reason why we should all be more unapologetic about our pursuit of success. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Because your success is not about you. 
like your success is not about you. It's like your highest value to others is being your highest self. Mm. Your highest value to others is being your highest self. When you are your highest self, you aspire people around you to be their highest self. When you are your highest self, you learn things that can help other people be their highest selves. When you are your highest self, you get introduced to people and relationships that can help other people become their highest selves. When when you are your highest self, you model a path of living that helps people believe that a higher self is possible. Mm -hmm. So your, your highest value to others is to be your highest self. You know, like I said, that Maslow's hierarchy, self-actualization is important, but I think it's really just a stepping stone to others' actualization is to helping other people be their best. And so I I think there's, there's no reason not to celebrate it and talk about it because particularly, particularly if you can talk about it in the context of taking other people with you or helping them on their journey, not just like, look at me, I'm so great. I'm at the top of the mountain, but I want to help you. You know, I want to help you walk through the path. Um, and we'd say, we say this is a personal branding thing that we say all the time. You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Mm. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person wow. you once were. Isn't that the truth? We all, we're all kind of teaching what we once needed, aren't we? Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Rory, man, you know I love you. Where can we follow you? Where can we find you? I mean, I would just to keep it simple, I would again, I would just say go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash love of money. If you if you do the free call with us and you're there, like we'll 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 stay plugged in with you and all that stuff. But just you know, stay focused on, you know, if you if you want to, if you want to know more about me, go there and you know, let's 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 begin the conversation. My man, you're the greatest. Thank you. I know what your time is worth. I'm so grateful you're willing to spend it on the mm, show likewise, with us bro. and you're just the knowledge that you shared in this show alone is, is going to change people's lives and move the needles for them. So thank you so much. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We love you and Lori. Best to you guys. Talk to you later. Appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.